Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another Yacht Cast. That is correct. We are here on the Matador Yacht, and we are doing a Yacht Cast. I just like saying the word Yacht Cast. Yeah. It just sounds fun. Yacht Cast. <laughs> Welcome to the Matador Yacht Cast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, I have got an amazing set of guests with me today. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. David Lemon. What's going on? How you doing, Jason? Good I love you, the Yachtcast. The Yachtcast, we're going to have fun. <laughs> I have the oh-so-famous, or the director of bullshit himself, Aaron Wood. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. I love the Yachtcast, too. Very innovative. <laughs> we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> and I have the infamous... Mr. Joe Wickey with me. What's going on, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> nice. We went over our last name, my last name, three different times, Jason. I know. Did I still get I get it wrong? I totally got it wrong, didn't I? It's, it's not. It's not Star Wars Wookie. It's it's Wilkie. Wilkie. All right. <laughs> 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 Thanks for having me on the boat today. Oh Looking man, the sun is out. The drinks are flowing. We're having a bunch of fun. Okay. All right, guys. Hey, uh, we're here at Dealer Dealer Tampa. It's amazing. The weather's great. We're gonna have some seriously cool conversation today. But hey, before we get into this, our conversation, I'd love to kind of kick off our podcast with an origin story. A, because I'm always fascinated to find out how people got into this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. So, David, I'll start with you, and I'll kind of work my way down the line. David, how did you get started in the automotive industry? So, I spent about 20 years running a modeling and talent agency. And it, when I got way too old for that work, which was at like 40, <laughs> I, I, really old for that work, I, uh, I, I ended up with a small digital marketing company locally that focused on cars, loved it immediately and been doing it ever since. So ended up now with Dealer OMG for about a year and a half. Love what I do. It's a great, great business, man. <laughs> I'm glad that you stumbled into it. That's very good. That's very cool. Hey, Aaron, how did you get started in this crazy little world? Well, uh, fortunately, I got so good at advertising and selling advertising, dealers finally wanted to work with me. Um, and then, um, you know, I went from working at dealer agencies to working for an OEM uh, to back to dealer agencies to now um, working to help build an innovative dealer brand. And you guys are doing some really cool stuff. We're, we're doing some you cool stuff. Some I, I say cool it's stuff. always cool stuff and, and innovative cool <laughs> That's stuff. Right. Yeah. Hey, Joe, how did you stumble into this little world? Uh, started out selling cars. Uh, was selling Nissans and um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was I wasn't very good at it at the time. I could have been a lot better. I just you know my, my paychecks went right out the window and straight to the bar. There you go. Uh, I was 21 when I got into the business. Um, fast forward three years later, have children you know, on the way. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, I know enough about automotive that I could be dangerous. And so let me get into to marketing. Um, and from there, it's been the last eight years have been great. And uh, I've been working with ad taxi the last six of those eight and been having a lot of fun doing it. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Hey, well, look, we got some cool topics. I'm excited to have this conversation with you guys. You know, the last 24 months, man, a lot of stuff has changed, you know, <laughs> Um, I'm just glad to be here. You know, it's just like we, Joe. We were talking about this. Like this is the first time me and you have seen the sun in four months. Oh, right? it's like, <laughs> I'm burning up. He, he's got a I suit know. on. Yeah, I, it's hot. I'm not gonna lie. It's hot. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only idiot that comes to Florida and puts on a wool suit. Um, <laughs> I got the jacket. You know, I was just saying, I, yeah, David. No, but, I, hey, there's we, two we, idiots. We, we, gotta, we gotta stay sharp. We have like a patron account so we can donate and maybe raise yes, some funds for go. a summer Thanks. wardrobe. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Get you some linens. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. 
yeah. I appreciate that. Hey guys, I want to kick off our conversation. You know, you know, around so many things have changed, right? And in the last 24 months, I have seen, I would say, new ad tech companies pop up like crazy, which I think is kind of interesting because right now with with the short inventory shortage and ship shortage and everything else, but there's just there's so many options out there now for the dealer. Um, you know what you think has changed kind of in the ad tech space in the last 24 months, David? I'll start with you and I'll work my way down. Sure. I mean, I think. Well, look, a lot of it has been over the last two years, dealers got lean. Yes, exactly. Budgets got small. They're not spending yeah. twenty five thousand, fifty thousand a month where they where they used to. And if you're an advertiser in the space, you have to figure out how to get lean too. And tech is the easiest way to do that. I mean, mm. if you have good tech that's driving solid campaigns, you can now do what you used to require five employees to do with full salaries and benefits and an office and everything else. So I think that that move to lean is has been good for everybody. I yes. mean, it really has. It's the efficiencies, the ability to not have a bunch of people spending 10 hours a day in an office building that half of them <laughs> don't need to be there at all, you know. Yes. Um, I think that's really the driving force behind it. That makes sense. It is. It, I, I, it, really, it really is. And, and it, I hope it's something that stays, by the way. Right, you know, I agree like, completely. There, there's so many efficiencies. There's there, there's so many. I would say um, ad spend waste that was happening prior that I don't see happening right now. And I hope that's a snowball of change that continues to roll on. Aaron, for you, what what do you think has been some of the biggest changes you've seen in kind of the ad tech space? I, I'll tell you this: like in the last two years, COVID has shown us who's good at what they do and who's bad at what they do. Mm. Okay. Yes. And I'll, I'll take a look at food. I love food. I big fan of fast food right <laughs> so if you look at burger king versus chick-fil-a right okay yep there's a battle Every, there. everybody's doing the the mobile app the call ahead to order they come and pick up your food at the parking space right chick-fil-a does it inherently better than burger king does right mm -hmm. but they've wanted to innovate over the last two years with covid to make things touchless and more convenient because they understand this is how customers want to purchase this is how customers want to do business with you and it's the same thing with the dealer world and with ad technology as well too you've got a lot of companies chumping at the bit to do something innovative but you have a lot of companies that are really bad at doing that <laughs> so I, I, honestly i mean i i hate to say it but it's a truth that needs to be said yeah. is it's like all that we've seen is like who's really good at what they do and who is not and so I think you've got a lot of companies that are really good at what they do that have risen to the top mm -hmm. of, the, of the pile, right? And then you have a lot of innovators that have come out that have seen how bad other companies have been throughout the years for probably more than two years, right? And so now they're stepping into the space to say, hey, we might not even be from the automotive world or have operated in the automotive space before, but we're really good at what we do. Mm -hmm. Let us apply this technology to the way you do business. And now I see a lot of dealers actually looking at companies that are very new and fresh for a fresh perspective, for new ideas true. and ways to better their business by stepping outside of the industry even. No, you're 100% right. I think the last couple of years, you have seen that that cream rise to the top. Exactly. All right. Yep. You, you see which, you know, ad tech companies, I think, really did have an operational understanding of what their what their dealer clients were going through and pivot some of their tech or their solutions or their offerings to, you know, to that operational understanding that they have. Joe, for yourself, what, what have you kind of seen, you know, as far as changes go in the ad tech space in a couple of years? Sure. I think it's COVID had forced a lot of dealerships who weren't consumer first mm -hmm. to think about the consumer. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, I just spilled the white claw on me. <laughs> what I mean by that is we had to adapt to the consumer because now it's, 
it's them first versus dealer first. That's true. And though the dealership has the upper hand because there's not a lot of inventory, we still have to think of how consumers shop online. How do we talk to a mother of six right now when their prices are inflated everywhere? And consumers are smarter now than they've ever been. So we have to take accountability for that. Is a lot of people walk into the dealership knowing they're about to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. So how do we make that more comfortable for them? How do we be, how do we get them back in for service after they, they think that we've ripped them off, right? Or yes. did we rip them off? So there's so many sides that the dealership has to play and that us as marketers and with the technology that we have at our hands, we have to utilize to make sure that we're obviously putting our message in front of the right person, making mm-hmm. sure that dealership gets out the why, gets out who they are. And, you know, we don't have to make it as complicated as tech. People think tech is because it's not honestly that complicated. It's about making sure that we're positioning the dealership in the correct way. We're getting in front of the right consumers at the right time and staying consistent. One thing that I love that we've done is not just trimming the fat, but as well as just being able to like, hey, how important was branding in the first place? And I think Mm -hmm. that that's came back full force versus everyone thinking about that lead, that lead, that lead, that lead, keeping social social. Right, making sure that we're talking about the, the, the actual vehicle itself and getting people involved from the dealership level with the consumer, being, being human. No, and I, that's, yes. And so th- to, I think that people are more important than technology, always. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw in a, a wrench in the fire and say that, you know, without the, peop- without the, the people really drive the technology, sure, on that side, but we need to be able to be consumer centric at all costs. That's, that's the, the technology thing. If, like if I may jump in, I mean, what you said is exactly right. People want to be treated like a person. This is about creating that human connection with a digital handshake, if you will. 100%. And mm-hmm. what we've started to look at now is like what you said, brand is so important. Building that brand, and, and to your point, they feel like they're being ripped off. Well, why, why do they feel like they're being ripped off? Because they've been used to not being treated like a human for so long. Just a number. Yes. Just a yeah. number. You're you just a lead. These people You're a, a metric. Yeah. For the right? first time in our life, we can talk to people without talking to them. Yes. It's crazy. We can use a Facebook ad to say a thousand things. And I always say, if you can't t- tell your story in three seconds or less, use video. Right, and so you have this optimal time to put that message in front of people and really talk to them. And, and the average forty-year-old is more likely to click a video than read an article. It's crazy. A well, and, video can and, do a and lot. that's a lot of it. I think too goes to that. Right, is the ad tech three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago was the lowest common denominator. It mm-hmm. did kind of one thing. So to use Facebook for an example, it would have generated AIA ads, just AIA yes. ads. That's it. That's all it did. Now, the ad tech is being built to kind of market to the whole life cycle of a customer, to do personalized messages, to do small audiences, to to do things the way a human being would be building those campaigns. And that's a huge change. I mean, it makes it practical and and real as opposed to just, hey, this is this thing. It does just this. It'll be fine. You'll get some leads. Yes, it's great. Well, and I think it, it, it contributes a lot to the brand, guys. And I love the direction you're going with this with this with this uh, conversation. You know, it's really, you know, bringing that human element, you know, back into our marketing. With that said, though, I want to kind of flip it over to branding. I actually think for a lot of dealerships now we've actually failed in that place. You know, uh, Joe, you you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, the cost of vehicles. And dealers upcharging surcharges of five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a, a, a copy. I, I just 
I have a concern where it's like, yes, in some places, I think of our industry, we've become more human. And now in other places, we've almost just kind of transitioned and say, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do, I'll be human in my marketing. But when it comes to actually selling someone a car, you're just another number to me. And I'm legitimately concerned. Now, look, not everyone's doing this. There's some dealers out there that are not doing this. All right, I still think they're they're, they're uh, maintaining an amazing brand. All right, they they understand that you know their customers are going to come out of this and they're going to come back to them. Right, they're building that loyalty. But I mean, man, these guys are going to come out, use cars in three to four years. They're going to be ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars upside down in a price because now the you the think they're going back to the dealer well, they bought it from saying, right I mean, it's so it's tough. like and uh, guys and, you know, we're all well, don't forget people. their 72 month loan too exactly so yeah, yeah. 96 uh but we're, we're all marketing people like there is not a marketing campaign that we can put out that's going to fix that kind of crap so i would love to kind of get your guys's thoughts on this um you know I, i'll get off my soapbox and i'll let you guys drop on yours and david i'll let you kind of start and i'll work my way down to joe so brand is a really interesting thought topic for me because I push it. Like, yes. I, I preach it. And <laughs> I think since digital became a thing, dealers stopped doing a good job of brand anyways, right? I, we're a family-owned business, and we have the best deals. Is not your brand. <laughs> no, That's, it's but not. It's, it's become the brand of the digital age as opposed to those truly community-driven things that they understood for decades before digital. If you are that community guy, if you are that pet adoption guy, the scholarship, the all those things, then you can't be justified in marking up a vehicle $20,000 over MSRP just because you want to maintain your profitability. I don't want anybody to lose money. No. But let's be real. Like, nobody's losing money. <laughs> you That's insane. You and if you are, money. then you're a bad operator. I'm just yeah. going to throw it out there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get You just, don't, just, you just don't know what you're doing at this yes, point. Yes, there we go. You know? um, I mean, let, let's just put out some facts right here. Markets adjust. Yes. Markets change if there's you know supply and demand. Low supply of vehicles, high demand, prices are going to uh, adjust. The thing is you have to help people to understand why are the prices the way they are. If you're educating the consumer on that, if you're having that conversation with the customer, you're providing them with value. You're, you're providing them with information that they can then use to feel confident that you're their best option, right? Brands are all about emotion and making fans. And so this is the thing, just like you said with the, the guy, the community guy, the pet adoption guy, whatever that may be, um, you know, for us at ClearShift, I feel we're about making customers the fans of our brand because we have a dialed in process because we want to be their best option. And that starts with sometimes we have to have the conversation, hey, an 84 month loan on a vehicle that you're going to be $20,000 upside down in might not be the best option for you, Mr. Customer. But there's a lot of times people need a vehicle. Right. Yes. I've got I I had a friend of mine um, from church actually reach out. I'll share a little story here, but he's looking for a vehicle for his son, a first timer. Right. He's never had a car before. And he's like, help me understand what's going on. The market is nuts. Basically, um, what what do I do? I said, I don't know if I can help you because, you know, uh, he's looking for a sedan and that's not really our wheelhouse. We deal in trucks, diesels, SUVs, things like that. $50,000 plus, right? So we're looking for a first time vehicle for for his kid. I said, here's what I can do. I can keep an eye out. We probably will get a trade because we'll have customers come in and trade, you know, their first car for something new. If I see something come through, I'll let you know and tell you first. He came through, yeah, it wasn't the cheapest vehicle, right? But it wasn't the most expensive. It was the best value. 
And it wasn't just me, it was every touch point through our process from who he talked to and did um, you know, all of his purchase paperwork with to just walking in our store, checking out the vehicle online. It helped him feel confident that like, you know what, this isn't the cheapest, but it's definitely not the most expensive, but this is the best value that I'm getting. The intersection of price and quality, right, is that value. And that's the thing that we use to make fans of the brand where, you know, years from now, like you said, is this customer coming back to have service done? And I, I would argue that as soon as this helicopter leaves. <laughs> I know, uh, sorry guys, my private helicopter is just pulling in right yeah. now. It's gonna, uh, it's not as big as, it's, it's yeah. bigger than Impel's. <laughs> but here's the deal. I mean, if you're creating a fan of your brand, yep. that person is going to come back for service if service is a part of your dealership because they're going to they're gonna feel like I was taken well care of. I was explained why this vehicle was expensive in the first place. I understood every bit of the process. And, it, you know, you can reflect that in digital media and videos and things like that. But if it doesn't exist in your process, your brand doesn't mean anything. 100%. And I think it's a fine line, though, too, and one that I'm probably not qualified to draw between a reasonable markup and gouging. And the problem is we are seeing both. But, right? I, think, I, but I think the thing is you need to look at yourself for that. Yeah. Like, like, am I putting myself, am I putting my profits uh, first instead of my customers, right? And look, look, that's, that, that's, that's a time you just got to look in your mirror and ask yourself that, that, that real question. Are you really being honest with yourself? I mean, look, I understand that there's market changes. Okay, that's great, right? But for me, I also understand that this is not the first car I'm going to sell this person. Like, well, so are you operating out of like, fear? If you are you if you're operating because salesman. you're not a good operator, and you're afraid that this is going to be my last sale, right? Exactly. Or are you you're a good salesman, you're going to stick you, around, yeah. and you're going, to, you're going to want to continue to exactly. service this customer until they buy the next car from you. And it's more than just sending them a, an email that says "Happy Birthday" that was automated. <laughs> exactly. Hate this. You know what? Exactly. The look. I mean, it, here's kind of the comparison that I come up with. I had a, a dealership. So we do predominantly social advertising. That's mm -hmm. almost all we do. And I had a dealership that I was talking to, new client, and he's like, "You know what? I really think we can spend thirty grand. That's what we can spend per month." I could have taken that sure. all day long, and we charge a percentage. I would have loved to take that. <laughs> But it wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't what was in his best interest. I didn't need to make that much money. It's you know, it's short-term versus long-term thinking. He's still spending a lot of money, but he's not spending that much money. And as a result, he's going to be spending the amount he is spending for two years, three years, four years sure. versus two months, three months, four months. And it's the same thing here. If, if you're going to charge, maybe it's 5000 over MSRP because that's really what it takes to keep you afloat right now cool if you're charging 15 because you can that's what but I, you don't yeah. need to you. it's a whole different conversation <laughs> to, to, to go off of the brand conversation and then talking about markup some of those aren't our call right it's not our, our, our call to make but they definitely and go hand in hand though oh, and it, but it helps on the it sure does but on the other end of it you're when we're thinking about long term we want to keep customers right yep. we when you think about how do they view us, right? Mm -hmm. Before they come into the dealership, they have a, a view of you, right? And then afterwards, what's that view? And then let's say later on down the road, how do they feel about you? That's what makes a brand. It's not just what's on the TV or on the radio or what they see on social media. It's, you know, does that, that, that perception come in when I, when I finally do step my feet inside that store? Mm -hmm. and, there's, and I go, I keep going back to educated consumers because they're, I'm an educated consumer regardless of if I work in this space, mm -hmm. because I have the information at my fingertips. And if I don't, somebody else does, right? So when I think about when I work with any, any dealership, um, and we'll use 
my buddy Marty Dada Julie that we all know and Matthews Motors and he owns three independent stores and he has odds against him because he's an independent store uh, he doesn't have any OEM incentives mm -hmm. you know but everybody's sitting on used inventory right now but he has to work extra hard to get that business he doesn't have any incentive coming back but he's still doing right by the consumer and not doing what we're talking about chopping everyone's head off because he realizes how important it is for them to come back so there's there's a ton of and that what he what he yeah they have the family owned and, and operated but they also have lifetime powertrain warranties you know they want to shake your hand when they get in here we're not going to like try to scare you out the door and it goes through and through and you can see that every which way you look online or, or, yep. or wherever uh, what I think of what makes what makes a brand personal is how personable that vision, that person is um, on the screen. It is it is it conveyed when they come into the dealership, and then how do they feel after they leave? I hate that feeling when you have mm -hmm. to like you get like you leave Look, like no, a no store and you're like sold. I just need to yep. like wash my body off. This is just <laughs> this is not cool, you know. It doesn't matter where I am. Well, and, you know, Marty, you bring up a really good point when you talk about Marty, um, who I've worked with too, and yeah. you know, Marty repeat referral business for that for those stores. Is it about 55%? It's huge. Franchise stores are lucky to be half that. Yep. And, and by the way, it's fallen every year since I've been doing this. It goes down every and, single year. And you kind of mentioned him being an independent. He doesn't have the help of the manufacturer. Absolutely. Honestly, it's a godsend because I he's not beholden. Yep. To, exactly. Don't tell him that. He's not beholden. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him. What's his name? Marty? Listen here, Marty. <laughs> Marty. You are in a good position not being beholden to a manufacturer and all the things that they want you to do. Because at the end of the day, the manufacturer wants to sell their brand. Okay, right? Yes. The, Mar the Martys of the world are not number one priority for the manufacturer. Their priority is market share of their brand, whereas Marty's priority is how do we create market share and repeat referral business for Marty's dealership, 100%. right? So and they have so a great service base. You know, yeah. they have a great they have they have huge service base, and they can do warranty business. Yep. So right now they're I mean they're still in business that the the OEMs can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I love it, and I love it. I love a single point. I love a dealer group who's just driving in and they're employing hundreds of people. Think about that. You know, hundreds of people. I remember at one point there were we didn't know when the doors were going to open. They were only running service for the first three months. That's all we could think about is how do we keep the engine going? How do we keep the lights on? And then look at us now where they're making more money than we ever thought mm -hmm. could happen with less budgets, right? And now we inventory shortage. You know, it's crazy. Which I know? think the it's, value of brand is even that much more important, right? Like I think I, as an industry, I want to get away from brand campaigns which is, I think, a very funny word that we've come up with, right? We're, sure. we're going to run a brand campaign, and, you know, it's winter tires for life when you purchase a vehicle from us. Uh, sorry, we're, you know, we're for the cold. We know what winter tires are. <laughs> they, they, oh, you know what winter tires are. I know, know what winter tires <laughs> are. Come where, where, where are you at? Denver. Come Denver. on. Denver. Oh, okay. We get but, some but winter. Mean, yeah, it's just a little. Um, First part of the day. But, but it becomes like, oh, yeah, that's a great brand campaign. I'm like, that's not a brand that that's a giveaway that's cool i like it it sounds great offer. right <laughs> you know but like what is a real brand campaign i think that's a good question i'm gonna start with david and i'll work my way down so for for us we start with who and okay. when i say who it's meaningful who it's that community driven stuff it, it's exactly what i said it's pet adoptions mm -hmm. it's community involvement it's um, your veterans programs that you have, sponsoring a scholarship for, for autistic kids. It's the, make people care about who you are. Starting the brand there, and then it goes to the why, right? Yes. So if I was building this on social, I would start with a video that really tells that first story about who, grab the viewers, 
and show them a why. And the why is a testimonial. The why is somebody talking about the experience at your store. It's not, again, mm-hmm. we have the best deals. <laughs> it's we take care of our clients. We This incredibly happy client just bought his seventh car from us, and we shot a video in the parking lot when it happened. <laughs> Meaningful stuff that really makes people care about who you are and understand a real reason to want to shop with you that isn't we have deals and this is what my inventory pictures look like and here's the prices. <laughs> That for me is is all. I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. That's good, Aaron. For I, I you, told, yeah, I, I agree. You do a lot of these. So let me let me build on that. You got to make it meaningful to the consumer. Yes. You know, it's like the brand. What you said. Oh, we have free tires for life or whatever. I mean, that does sound like a pretty good deal. But it's like make the consumer care about your brand. Don't just tell them about you and everything that you have. Help them see how they can picture themselves doing business with you. Um, speak to their emotions, speak to the value that you're able to provide for them. You'll, you'll see with us, um, I'd say probably 85% of our posts are pictures of customers. And then when you see our video content, a majority of that content is pictures or videos of customers or people that look like our customers. Because at the end of the day, I want somebody like my wife, I'm, I'm dipping back to like David Ogilvy here, like old school (laughs) advertising, sell to your wife. You know, if you don't have a wife, sell to whatever your, quote, domestic partner might be. But the thing is, is like make this meaningful to somebody outside of your organization. And I feel a lot of times when we do the brand conversation with dealers, it's like, well, I need to show off my last name that's on the building or how many years I've been in business. Right. Or as an advertiser, we want to show off how fancy and beautiful of a video we can. And nobody cares. Here's the thing. At at the end of the day, nobody cares about that. Um, I, I. heard a good conversation from TikTok today and they said think like a marketer act like a creator and I thought that's perfect because it's like instead of putting out the marketing playbook material let's put out the creator material because what are people watching I mean people will sit for hours and watch somebody play a video game which I thought was crazy until I started streaming myself playing video games and I was doing the the same thing and I'm like this is phenomenal but it's like what are you doing you're speaking to somebody who can picture themselves in your shoes or in your dealership and doing business with you I like that that's great Joe how would you like to add to that Um, just to build off everything those are all great points is uh, I look at it as very simply as as who do you want to reach what do you want to tell them what do you want them to do right so it's there's a within that the who do you want to reach could be the the mother with the you know for the van the Sierra the Sienna you know it could be that truck truck consumer it could be that sedan consumer um, and then what are you telling them within that right there's a lot of things that we could say that we've that we've all just that we t- touched on and you could do the why buy you could put on all the warranties all that great stuff but I always go back to the there's nothing more organic and native than a your phone out in the middle of the parking lot in the dealership walking around and telling your story and what i mean by telling your story is what's going on today any given day any given week this given month it's not the incentive that's going to get people right now because there's no fucking new inventory <laughs> you know, I, I don't care what anybody says there's like you have you have three tundras on the lot man you know uh and you're and they're and they're and they're crazy expensive so i'd look at it as who, who do you want to reach and what do you want to tell them and that what do you want to do piece is what we can, we all of us as marketers, I hope that we all can optimize towards that. You know, and, and again, that would be whether it's, and make a, have a phone call, conversation, hit a chat. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pick up the phone or the, but what's gonna happen 80% of the time is walking to the dealership. But now more and more transactions are happening online. So it's all about, again, going back to being consumer centric, thinking about the person and being as human as possible. No, I, I am with you guys 100%. I mean, I think of uh, brand, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what we do. You know, there's a big ass sign outside of my dealership that says what I do. I sell Chrysler products or I sell Toyota products. And it's no surprise 
to the consumer that we happen to service those products as well. <laughs> so, you know, but you're right. It's not, it's not what we do, but it's why we do it the way we do it. All right. You know, going back to, I think, to all of you guys' points is what connects to that person. And that can actually become that what the really the brand is. And I think the stronger a dealership executes that, it actually starts to become a cultural thing, which is almost a whole other podcast topic on its own. And we, I, that's definitely the direction we're going. But look, guys, I know it's the tail end of our time today. Um, this is beautiful, just Tampa, Florida, the Digital Dealer Conference. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to jam with me today. This has been so much fun. Love Thanks the yacht right. cast. This is great. Yeah. 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 Are you going to bring the yacht here. to Canada? Yeah, yeah, park it somewhere. Let's do all yacht cast. We're all going to do yacht cast. We're going to yacht cast from now on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yacht Cast with your host Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.